class of 2015, with the freshman class, please stand. Sometime next week, depending on your final exam schedule, your freshman year at college will be over. And I think that deserves applauding as well. So could we give the freshman a round of applause? Just remember, your journey is just beginning. We've got a long ways to go before we're dressed in regalia up here for Junior Senior Chapel. And we also hope that you'll take advantage of the offering that ENC has to give to you. Keep your head held high and keep up the good work. More importantly, remember what it felt like last September to walk onto a campus that was unfamiliar, to meet new people that were unknown, and to learn new things that were previously undiscovered. That's how this next incoming class is going to feel like this September, and they need your help. I challenge you to not forget about the freshmen because we've all been in their shoes. Some of you still are in their shoes. Don't forget the freshmen. You've all experienced a lot and been through a lot this year. You've got much more left that you have yet to unveil. And so whatever happens, I pray that you'll know that what lies behind you and what lies before you are tiny compared to what lies within you. Keep your values positive and straight and just let God do the rest. So keep your head held high. Remember to mentor this next year's incoming class. Keep your morals straight, and may the odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> Have a great summer class of 2015. start off by saying congratulations to this year's uh, senior class. Um, graduating college really is a, a tremendous accomplishment and uh, you guys really deserve um, you know, all the honor and attention you're going to get uh, in this upcoming week. Um, so just you know, thank you for all the hard work and thank you for your great influence uh, on this campus. Um, can I have the, uh, the class of 2014 uh, stand up? One of uh, the, the big realizations, one of the most startling realizations I had in college was reaching the end of sophomore year and discovering I was already halfway through my college career. And I think a lot of you may be feeling um, the excitement and also kind of the, the little bit of fear that comes with that. And um, I think um, you're, you're coming now to a point where uh, life after college starts to become real, like something you plan for, something that's in the near future. And you're now transitioning to um, more harder classes, a more difficult schedule, and getting into that home stretch of college. Um, you're also coming to a point where you've achieved the, the privilege and the respect of being upperclassmen, which is something important and um, something that's a lot of fun. Um, you now you know how things work around here. You know most everyone that's here, um, and it also comes with a lot of responsibility. You guys um, will now be part of that group that's looked up to by everyone else. That group of upperclassmen 
that has a chance to set the tone and set the example for our campus and make it everything that it can be. So it's my, uh, my challenge to you and my prayer that you guys would take hold of that opportunity, really grasp onto it, and make this campus a great place. Um, you know, I hope that um, your example and your hard work really make your junior year something that's fun and something that uh, really has a large impact on the rest of the campus. So I just want to leave you um, with the charge that you guys would work hard and give your best in this upcoming year and that um, you would spread throughout this campus the Spirit of God and uh, the Word of Christ. Thank you guys. Out, right in this world.
some sound with this. What do you guys stand for? What do you guys fight for? If you could have seen the video, you would have seen that these people are fighting for everything they held dear on this good earth. And my challenge to you today to think about is what do you fight for? The text we're going through is called the armor of God from Ephesians 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the authorities of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always be praying for the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me that it will make fearlessly known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare fearlessly as I should. In verse 11, it tells you to stand. In verse 13, it says stand twice and again. In 14, it says stand again. And I tell you today, there is hope. There is always hope if you stand. But if you do not stand, then I might as well stop now because you're already defeated. You need equipment when you go to war, when you go to battle. You need equipment, you need weapons and protection. 
Every soldier has that. And the same with you, because you guys are all in a spiritual battle. And you need that weapon. And you need those protections. So we're going to look through those essentials today, which is called the armor of God, which I just read from Ephesians 6. And by no means is this an exhaustion of the text, but more of a flyover and a run-through. And my second disclaimer is that you cannot win this fight by yourself. You cannot rely on your own strength to win this battle or to put on this armor. You must pray. As it says, pray on all occasions with all requests. If you do that, then you have a chance. But if you don't do that, you have no chance. You have no chance. And this is for the person starting out who maybe doesn't know who they fight for today and now wants to fight for God. This is for people who have fought for years and years. You all have room to grow, and you all need the armor every single day. You can't go one day with it and one day without it. So we're going to start with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. When I think of the belt of truth, I don't think of like a fashionable belt or something to hold your pants up. I think of a utility belt like a police officer. They got a pocket for their gun, for the radio, the handcuffs, taser, pepper spray, flashlight, baton, and of course their biggest pocket for donuts. And cops wear these belts when they're only the one they're on duty. You don't see a cop in his utility belt and jeans and a t-shirt. And the same is true for you. You need the belt when you're on duty. But the difference is you guys are on duty constantly. The devil is always at your door waiting for you to mess up. Waiting for those lies and deceits to infect your life. And the idea was the same for Romans. When I think of a Roman soldier, I don't necessarily think of a belt, but I bet you the Romans did. Because the belt... Had, uh, the breastplate was attached to the belt and then they kept their sword on their belt and when they had to run they had to tie up their long clothing to their belt so if you found a Roman soldier in battle without his belt his breastplate would be on the floor with his heart exposed no weapon and he'd probably be tripping over himself every time he tried to run so you can see your righteousness does you no good your sword does you no good and your peace does you no good if you don't have truth if you don't have truth in your life then all the rest falls apart. All the rest is on the floor, out the window. When you have the belt of truth on, your life and your mind and your thoughts are all in concordance with God, living in truth with God. Because let me tell you, the devil, loves, the devil loves to break this apart. He loves to set up a Christian to have the good talk, the great talk, and then expose this sin in front of everybody and say, see, this is what they're actually like. The devil loves to rip Christians apart with rumors, with lies that separate them. Because then the righteousness, like I said, is out the window. You see, you're in a spiritual battle. And the spiritual battle you are in is not going to be won by brute force. No, it's going to be won by your strength of character. And the character that you will gain by having the belt of truth on is simply truth and not being a hypocrite from day to day. The next piece of armor you need is the breastplate of righteousness from verse 14. The breastplate is obviously important because it protects your heart. And being righteous and living in that way is not a snooty way with your nose in the air thinking that you're better than everybody else. No, living, living righteously is when you're on the computer in your room, you're still looking at something good. Righteousness is not posting up pictures that other people shouldn't be looking at on Facebook. Being righteous is not putting up statuses that tear people apart when they read it in their room by themselves. Having a righteous heart is waiting for what's best for you because God has the best plan for you because he loves you. He created you. He knows you. And he promised that he'll bless those who wait for his plan. Being righteous, if you turn the desires of your, your heart and the thoughts of your mind 
into a movie, Hollywood would weight that movie G, because it's pure and true. And everything that you think, every action that you take, is pleasing to God. You do it with the, with the uh, intention of pleasing God. That's the, what living righteous looks like. And let me tell you, it's not just going to happen. You're not just going to wake up one morning and, and become righteous. You're not going to go through day to day, going through the motions and become righteous. No, you've got to fight for it. Because you're going to fight. And if you don't fight, the devil's going to tear you down. And he, you're not going to be righteous. That's a guarantee. And this fight that you're in, you're not going to win either by brute force. You're going to win it by your strength of character. And the character you gain by having the breastplate of righteousness on is purity of heart. The shoes with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Usually in the Bible, delivering good news came by someone who's barefoot. The feet of him that are beautiful being good news. The feet. But this time it talks about the shoes like a Roman soldier would wear. And the first part of the shoes is readiness. You always have to be ready. Because the devil's coming at you when you least expect it. You always have to be ready. You can't let a moment pass you by to share the love of Christ to someone else who needs it. You can't let that moment pass you by because you might not ever have it back. Especially seniors who are leaving. And the second part is peace. Is that in that moment you will have peace, you will be ready because you have that peace to speak to others without, without apprehension, without fear. You won't be scared. You won't be worried about if they like you or not because it doesn't matter. You have God's peace and his protection with you. Because you're in the spiritual battle and the devil will try to find you when you least expect it. So you have to be ready. You're not going to be ready just by brute force. No, you're going to be ready by your strength of character always on point. And the strength of character you gain from having the shoes with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. It's peace to speak to others without fear or apprehension of what may happen. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith. In Roman times, the shield was four feet high and two feet long. That's no simple shield you hold with a sword in the other hand and try to flash somebody around your shield. And it covers your whole body when you're being attacked. But the most, the most important thing about this shield is not its size, is that it has grooves on the side, and the grooves can be attached to another shield and attached to another shield and can create a wall. And when Romans entered this wall, they called it turtle formation today. And when Romans entered turtle formation, they did great things. They did amazing things. They took back a whole city when entering turtle formation. You see, because overcoming a city, crafting a city, is you must overcome the wall. You must overcome that huge obstacle that is the wall. And when you enter turtle formation, you created your own wall. You have your own wall of protection around you. And just like the Romans can do great things when they enter turtle formation, you can do great things if you link up with other Christians into turtle formation. However, I'm aware that some people have entered turtle formation with other Christians and less than great things have happened. I'm aware that other people have tried to set out to do things with the church and they've been hurt by that, they've been betrayed by that. And for that, I deeply apologize. For that, I'm sincerely sorry. But with that, I bring good news. See, you're not called to follow those Christians. You're not called to follow the church. You're called to follow Jesus Christ, the one who died for you on the cross, the one who gave everything for you so he could die and everyone could laugh at him while he's up there. That's who you're called to follow. He stood for you. Are you standing for him? What are you standing for? Are you fighting for him? Because he fought for you. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy for him. And one thing you should, you should know about this armor is that there's no protection in the back. Every piece of armor protects you fully in the front, but not in the back. 
and that leaves you with two implications. Is one, you cannot run. You cannot turn your back. And you cannot fight the devil with your back turned to him. You must face him. You must look him in the eye. You must look the evil that tries to take you down in the eye and then defeat it. And you cannot retreat. And the second thing is, you can't do it by yourself. You must have God on your back because you're exposed. You can't always rely on people. You can't always rely on the church, but you can't always rely on God. You can't always rely on Jesus. And he did all that. <laughs> See, he did all that not even with a guarantee. He took up and died on the cross with a chance to save your life, with just one chance, because you could still reject him. You could still not receive the gift that he fought for you. He did it for a chance to save your life. Are you fighting for him, though? Are you standing for him? See, this battle that you're in, you must stand for something. You must fight for something. And this battle that you're in, that you're fighting for something, is not going to be won by brute force. No. You're going to win it by your strength of character. And the character you gain by having the shield of faith is a community. Faith community around you, other Christians around you that are going to help you, that are going to build you up. But doing it in Christ's strength, not your own. Not relying on your own strength. Not relying on your faith, but relying on him. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The Bible in its entirety. I think of the sword of the spirit more like a lightsaber than the ancient blade. The lightsaber was the, the weapon of choice for the Jedi. It's used to attack and defend, and as its name states, it gives light. This, this lightsaber should be used, as I said, to defend yourself. After two nights in a row of all-nighters when you're tired, when you're hungry because you've only ate cat food for five months, and in the moment when you, you need your friend the most and they leave you, or the time you thought you could count on somebody the most, and that's when they abandon you, you're going to need something to defend your faith. You're going to need something. And that something is the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God in its entirety. You see, when the devil comes, he might tell you that hate is the way out, but we know that love covers all. You see, you might think that you have no purpose in life, you're useless, but we know that God created you, and he has a plan in your life that he will complete, work on to completion. Not that he can do it, he will do it. You see, it's also used to attack and defend. And I'm going to be cliche a little bit here and say that Jesus loves you. I'm okay with being cliche for a minute. Jesus loves every single one of you. He got up on the cross and died for you. Why? Because of love. Because he loves you. We all do crazy things when we're in love. You know, stay up all night when you have to go to class tomorrow, something stupid like that. Right? And the crazy thing that Jesus did out of love for you was he came from the perfect heaven down here to be with us in the dirt, to die on a cross. He fought for you. He left heaven and fought for you. Are you fighting for him? What are you fighting for? What are you standing for in this fight? In this spiritual battle that you're in, that you're not going to win by brute force. You're going to win it by your strength of character. And the character that you gain by having this lightsaber, the sword of the spirit, is that you'll fight for what is right. You'll stand for what is pure. And that you will never give up because you know that your weapon never ends. Although the world may fade, God's word still remains. The helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation is knowing that Jesus and that Jesus alone is going to save you. Having the helmet of salvation offers hope even in the most hopeless situations. 
We've heard stories in the Bible of a ruler whose daughter was dying and then came back to help. You saw the, the woman who had a period for 12 straight years and now is finally healed. You have hope for the man who's blind on the road that can now see. There's hope for the, the, the newlywed parents who's uh, pregnant but now had a miscarriage. There's hope for the presence of a teenager not knowing who they are in life. Presence of the pregnant teen who's trying to go through high school while trying to raise a child. Pressure for the kid being bullied, but also hope for, the, hope for the bully. There's hope for the addicts of drugs, alcohol, lies, sex, lust. There's hope for people just going through the motions day to day. They feel like there's no purpose or no direction in their life. There's hope for the senior who may not know who their path is, not know where they're going after they graduate. There's still hope. There's always hope. There's hope for you, and there's hope for me. And we have this hope because the helmet back in ancient times was a symbol of military victory. It's a symbol that you have the victory, and guess what? We have the victory. That's why there's hope. Jesus already gave us that victory. He already defeated the devil. So you need not worry because there's always hope. There will always be hope. I come up here and I speak to you. I speak to you for two reasons. I speak to you to stand your ground, to stand in the fight. Because I've been on this campus a while, and I've seen the sin that can so easily entangle, but yet here we are praising God. I've seen, I've heard the rumors in the dorms that should tear this community apart, Christian by Christian, but yet we're still here together. I have seen the betrayal of friend by friend in this community that should have us all captive and alone, but I'm still standing here free. You see, I felt the fear and anxiety that comes with graduating and maybe not knowing what's going to happen afterwards. But guess what? There's always hope. It has crippled many in the past, but it will not cripple this graduating class. We will move on with strength. We will fight. We will stand. And same with this ENC community. We will stand. We will not let it get us down. You see, because right now we're in a fight. We're always in a fight. You're always in a war against the devil. And that war that you are in, you're not going to win by brute force. You're going to win by your strength of character. And the character you gain by having your head of salvation on is hope. And knowing that Jesus already has won the victory, you have nothing to lose. And let's not forget how this passage ends. You must pray. As I said in the beginning, you must pray. You cannot rely on your own strength. If you rely on your own strength, you will accomplish none of this. None of this will happen in your life or in your community. And when you talk to God, when you pray, he's not asking for big words. He's not asking you to think of all your sins and ask for forgiveness. He just wants to talk. He just wants to listen. He just wants to be there for you, to be by your side, to help you and guide you. Just be yourself. Talk to him like you would anyone else. Because he fought for you. What are you guys fighting for? What do you stand for? Please do not let this, do not leave this chapel saying that you fight for yourself. Or that you stand for money. Or you fight for a degree. Or some other thing that might pass away. Or that you hope that everyone likes you. Because those things are going to fade away. They're going to leave you empty 
they're going to leave you wondering what happened. Because in the fight, they fought nothing for you. Money never fought for you. But Jesus fought for you. He died for you. You have the rest of this day free. There's no, there's no more classes. There's no more. There's nothing else going on. And um, and so if you if you would like to stay, if you would like to stay uh, and pray or whatever you could. Um, but after I pray, the seniors and I are gonna head out there and go to our picture. Um, but Corey will be here. And I think Jenny will be here. If uh, you need someone to talk to, um, so I'm gonna pray as we close out. And then the seniors will head out, and then everyone else can follow afterwards. Dear Lord, I thank you for today. Thank you for this chapel that we can come together and honor the seniors, the graduating class. And Lord, I pray that you will, you have reminded us that we are to fight for you. That we are reminded that you fought for us, and we thank you for, for your sacrifice for us. I pray that we will, we will leave here, we will leave this chapel and leave this community and leave this school. Uh, empowered and fighting for you to never give up. In the name of Jesus, I pray.